what you're about to see is a conversation between me and Ben Bram, who is the producer and arranger involved in so many aspects of the new Pentatonix album. Really, really, really great conversation. I've personally really, really enjoyed this album. And in fact, I have a whole musical breakdown and analysis and reaction over on Patreon. If you'd like to see the full uncut, unedited version, check out with the link down below the Patreon. Let's get right into this interview. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the channel. My name is Jacob Restituto, and I'm a musician from Northport, New York. And today we have the absolute pleasure of having on the channel for a second time, a second feature, Ben Bram. Ben Bram, thank you so much for taking the time. You have tremendous involvement in many things in the music industry. But today we're talking pentatonics and all the things involved in pentatonics that you had in their most recent album. Thank you so much again for taking the time. Really looking forward to chatting about this. Yeah, thanks for having me. Always fun to talk about the ins and outs of making an album and you know some of the details that people may not otherwise hear so always great to be here absolutely man so let's get right into it so something that's funny that musicians have to think about and people in the music industry have to think about but most people don't actually think about is musicians start thinking about christmas many months before christmas even happens so when did you guys even start planning and then when you guys start recording the process of starting a Christmas album? Because you had mentioned you finished in September and it came out, you know, end of October. I'd love to hear yeah. that process. You know, it's the timing is different every year. Um, this year, it was particularly early because we knew how ambitious this project was going to be and how many collaborators you wanted to have. And so it actually the whole idea for this album was spawned from the Disney Plus special that is coming out this holiday season, which was a holidays around the world type of thing where they're working with, um, it kind of takes you around the, the globe. There's like fan mail, uh, people write in and then they go visit them in the, all these different countries. And so along with that, um, the band was like, oh, we should do something that ties into that because that's what we're doing this holiday season. So um, that special was actually filmed in January. So like a whole year before. Oh my gosh. Uh, so we we finished that. We were doing that during the winter. And then after that, we're like, okay, we want to start working on this album. Um, and we started to conceptualize it, think about who we wanted to get on it. And talks for that started around February, March, I think, where we had our like initial conversations. Um, and, you know, we started to think about the goals for this album, uh, you know, wanting to get new fans from all around the world um wanting to highlight some incredible music and musicians from all, all around the world and different uh, musical styles and languages that we may not have heard before um that are that the pentatonics audience may not have heard or had exposure to um so i it was, it was a really cool opportunity as soon as they mentioned that it was going to be a world album i was like all in and i really wanted to make sure that it was a really good representation of the actual musical cultures that we were collaborating with and, and working with and not just okay we're gonna do this pentatonics arrangement and feature a singer from this country and a singer from this country and a singer from this country but rather really getting the full musical landscape and textures and sounds uh from a lot of these different countries so that was something that was really important to to me as we started this process and something i was always kind of like that i really want to do this you know um so there were a lot of different things uh, that we were thinking about when choosing songs, collaborators. Uh, and it was a long process of, you know, asking people, people saying no, or people not responding and having another list. And um, yeah, it was it was a, a big process. Should I keep I can keep just talking. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's phenomenal. Yeah. Man. It's really interesting. And I think that that is such a funny part of the industry in that sense that so like two weeks after Christmas, you guys are starting 
the following Christmas special, which is such an interesting process. Yeah. Um, but that's really interesting, actually. That's different than I would have actually expected. I thought the album came first, and then, at, at, like, the album concept, and then the the special was, like, tied into it. Like, But it's actually the complete opposite. The special came, yeah. and then you're like, hey, let's do an album based on the concept of the special. Exactly. I mean, in like, as an internal organization, Pentatonics and all the people that work with Pentatonics were very flexible. We can kind of adapt and do anything at any time. We can make any album for anything. That's kind of the thing that is the most flexible. And so when something like the Disney opportunity comes along, that is more inflexible. That's like, you have this opportunity for this special. It's going to film at this time. Uh, here's what we want to do for it. There's more of a vision from Disney people. Um, so there's a lot that we don't have control over for something like that. So, you know, when we have that situation, we're like, okay, how can we kind of make the most impact and have the most, um, kind of cohesive Christmas presence this year. And this year it was, uh, an international global thing. So well, I think it's a tremendously uh, cohesive because I wouldn't even know that they were two separate things. So like you did, right. you guys did a phenomenal job at branding that. I totally thought that they were combined together in a collaboration. That's pretty remarkable, actually. Yeah, you know, it's it's different because it's a TV thing and because it's a, a Disney thing. Um, Disney has kind of the ownership over a lot of that audio and a lot of the the creative for that. Um, so there are actually versions of the same songs that we did on the album that are on the special. Uh, it's the same song, but different versions. And that Very was interesting. part of the song selection process is that, oh, people are going to watch the special and they're going to want to go listen to it. And though we can't actually have those versions, we can have different versions of the same song. And so they may see like, oh, I love the Icelandic choir singing Silent Night. Uh, why don't I go find uh, the Silent Night? And it's it's a different version, but it's also amazing. So yeah, kind of wanted to tie in the same songs that we were doing on the Disney special with the album. Yeah, absolutely. So that's that answers uh, a really cool aspect that I thought was really cool about this conversation is before we started, you had sent uh, on your Instagram, you had put up a questionnaire saying like, hey, we're doing an interview with some questions that you had, and we're going to get into some of them in a bit. But that was definitely a lot of the questions are how did you guys choose some of the songs, especially because some of them you, you Pentatonix had already done before. Uh, right. So then with now with new collaborators or new new versions, like what, how, why did you choose? And that's a great you know explanation of, oh, like, well, first of all, we chose these for the songs or Disney had, I don't know if Disney had input or you had input or however the fact is. But then from there, you know, it, you guys create a second second version essentially for the album because you mentioned that Disney has ownership and all those different right. things. And I mean, it's another thing too, is that we had to put the ske the, the special together very quickly as far as the music timeline of everything. So we kind of used the previous Pentatonics versions of a lot of those songs as the foundation. And mm -hmm. we changed stuff, we re-recorded re some stuff and we, you know, added um, some other singers who were in the special. Um, but the the framework of the arrangements, a lot of them are pretty similar to the original, the first Pentatonics version. Um, and so we're like, oh, for doing an album, now we have time to like actually like really expand upon these songs, do completely different versions of them, um, highlight new guest artists that weren't on the special because the special is like it's its own thing. Um, 
So yeah, the, the song selection process, it was a combination of many factors. It's like, okay, what are the songs people know and love that we haven't done yet? What are the songs that we have done on the special that we want people to kind of see that and then gravitate, gravitate towards the album? Um, what songs are going to fit with these particular artists that we've decided to work with and they've decided to work with us? Um, so many different factors for song choice. And also, yeah, I mean, what's going to work with them musically? What's going to work with them um, culturally? Because not all of them are are Christian and may not want to sing super Christian lyrics. Uh, so, you know, that's part of Christmas songs. It's like some songs are really religious, some are not. And so finding uh, songs that really jive with whoever's going to be singing them is an important thing to consider. I would love to segue now into the arrangement of the music. Uh, we talk, we, we, in this album, I feel like as the progression of, of Pentatonix has progressed in their, their um, sound, the maturity of the sound, first of all, I want to compliment, as, just as a music listener, I was, it, it sounds incredible. Like, not just blowing smoke, because like, you know, I, I don't know, people like to blow smoke in the music industry. Oh, this, this album sounds great. No, but like legitimately, like production-wise, I've heard a lot of Pentatonix's music, and I've heard a lot of the music that you've worked on. And it's really interesting to see, and it's really cool to see just every year, every year, the, the um, quality increases. And I would love to know from you personally, um, what have you been doing? Like, why is that in the case? Like, are there advancements in, you know, technology that you're finding? Are there advancements personally that you're able to you discover that's like taking this music to the next level every, every time? Yeah, I mean, I think the fun thing about this album is that we had so many other creative influences that were working with us, whether it be the actual guest artists th themselves or additional arrangers and producers that work with those artists, um, mm. styles of music to explore. It just pushed our, our creativity in so many different ways. Um, and it was just incredible to get, you know, also use of instruments, a lot more instruments on this album. Um, so I think all those things com combined kind of brought it to the next level in a lot of ways. Um, and yeah, I mean, I could go song by song and kind of describe each of those, but that's the the general feeling is that we just had so many other elements to play with um, that we we're able to really kind of take things to the next level. Absolutely. I'd love to hear your input. You mentioned that there's so many different collaborations, so many different um, arrangers and, and, and production and stuff. In the process of creating what would you consider world genre music, where there's so many different genres of the music, I would love to hear your experience with that in the sense of like, I feel like a lot of artists kind of specialize in one area and when producers specialize in one area of, of genre of music and there's so many different genres in here. So I would love to hear your experience of working with so many and uh, the, 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 the pros and cons of many genres on one album. Yeah, I mean, it was just a really fun experience for me to get to be more exposed to different genres. And I think the key when we were looking at the set list and, and the songs chosen and the artists chosen is really letting the people who have experience in these styles lead the the charge and not try to be like, I'm going to go in and try to do mm. this genre when I don't really have experience in it. Um, and that's what makes it so exciting. So for instance, um, Hark the Herald Angels Sing featuring Hibatawaji, her producer, arranger, Usama Rabani is incredible and super renowned in the Arab music world. Um, and he came in and did a phenomenal orchestral arrangement there's some Arabic instruments in there. He kind of laid out an amazing, well, 
basically how that process worked is we had a general idea for the vibe of and, and the, the structure of the song. We put together like a very rough vocal demo of us just kind of singing and beatboxing the melody and just like very lo-fi, just like the basic idea, sent that to him. He started to piece the instrumental arrangement together, creating a groove. Um, and we kind of added, we went back and forth and we kind of just collaborated each adding pieces and sending things back and forth. And Hibba put her, her vocals down, stacked a ton of different harmonies. Um, so that was really like the greatest joy of this album was working off of people's ideas and them sending me something and then getting to write a vocal arrangement over that. Um, so much fun. So that's kind of how a lot of these uh, international collaborations worked. Also, Jingle Bells with Long Long. Um, incredible arranger Natalie Tenenbaum worked with us on that, and she did the, the piano arrangement. Um, and so her and I went back and forth for a long time, um, just kind of honing different things. Uh, she kind of put the whole kitchen sink in <laughs> and went full virtuosic mode. And then we kind of honed it. Okay, what if we like tone it back here? What if we do this here? And kind of infusing the pentatonics side of things so that it feels like a really amazing collaboration. And like Long Long has his chance to shine and do his thing and Pentatonix has their chance to shine. Uh, it's also in, in, it's also interesting to treat um, an instrument like a solo almost, you know, like he has his moments. He's not, it's obviously piano, so there's no lyrics, but he needs to be kind of heard at the same level that a, yeah. a vocal soloist would be. So there are so many unique cool challenges that we had on this um, to put these arrangements together, to put the mixes together. Um, so it was just so awesome to get to work with people like Natalie, Usama, um, and like really just bounce ideas back and forth. That's really interesting. And the beauty of that is like the opportunity to learn so much, man. I like watching other people do their, their specialty in their craft, for example, is just a really cool learning opportunity. How much of the collaboration was in person versus sending back and forth files and emails or phone calls and uh, versus actual coming into the studio and recording? Yeah, it's a great question. Looking at the track list, um, Maget, who is from Senegal, who lives in LA, he did the drums for Black Panther and he's the guest feature on It's Most Wonderful Time of the Year. So that one we got to do in, in the studio in LA. He brought in all of his different drums and Kevin and Matt and I uh, were there just kind of working with him. And, oh, what if you try this? What if you try this? And just putting a ton of different grooves down. And then after the fact, we kind of just moved things around. So it was awesome to get to see him do his thing and work with him in, in the studio. Long, long recorded at Spotify Studio in LA. Um, and I got to go work with him there, which was mm, amazing. Very cool. On this incredible Steinway piano that they have there. Um, that was super fun. Um, I know Scott worked with Megan Trainer a lot for Kid on Christmas. Um, and then Grace Lokwa from the Congo, he and his choir recorded there completely, sent tracks in. So we never got to meet him. The tracks he sent were unbelievable. And his ad libs on that just make the whole track. Star on Top was one that Martin Johnston, Martin yeah, Johnston sure. and Brandon Paddock uh, produced that one. And so they worked with Pentatonix and I kind of um, tracked some vocals after that, but that was mostly done in person. Um, Prayers for This World, written by Diane Warren. 
Um, I got to visit the string session of that, which was amazing. David Campbell did the string arrangement. Um, so that was a lot in in-person stuff. Hiba and the orchestra in Lebanon recorded completely on their own. We never got to meet them, unfortunately, but they just sent tracks in. Leia Salonga came to the studio in LA and we recorded her and that was amazing. She's such a sweetheart. Um, La Santa Cecilia recorded with us in LA. Wow. Much fun. So it was um, Pepe Carlos on guitar, on lead, lead guitar, Andy Abad on rhythm guitar, and um, La Marisol on vocals. So the three of them came to the studio and we like put the arrangement together kind of in the room, um, which was really fun to kind of just vibe. And, oh, you know, what if you try this? What if we pull it back here? Um, we had a basic structure, but a lot of it was just figuring out with them and making sure that, you know, a lot of what they were playing was kind of true to the like Bolero uh, Mexican style. Uh, which was super fun. Shreya Goshal recorded her vocals from India. And then Toby Gad uh, is LA based and he recorded a lot of the pentatonics vocals um, as well as like the Sid Shuram vocals at the beginning. Um, Hikakin and Seiken recorded from Japan. Uh, we never got to meet them. And then the King Singers recorded from the UK. So well, it was a good mixture of, you know, getting to work with a good number of the artists in person, and then a lot had to send their tracks in. And what I got from that, man, is how many different hats do you have to wear, you know, as you're, as the arranger and producer of the, some of the tracks? Like, man, going in and arranging the, the piano or going, you know, like all these different things, coming working with the orchestra or the, the strings or the, the guitars. And it's there's so many different hats that are, are required and just the thinking caps. And it's incredibly impressive on your part. So it's very cool. Thanks. Yeah, I think, you know, a key part of this is knowing when to step in and when to step back and let the people that know what they're doing mm. do things better than than you. I think that's like a key uh, thing to keep in mind when you're overseeing a project like this is just the sheer diversity of every track requires a different approach. King Singers, I pretty much, you know, we had a quick session, Kevin and Matt and Scott, and we put some ideas down. Um, and then I pretty much just arranged it. I, I kind of took those ideas and just did it myself. Um, I think that's pretty much the only track that was like that. Pretty much all the other ones required a great deal of back and forth. Um, Last Christmas was somewhat like that. We made some changes after we, you know, heard the first mix. Scott was like, let's add this and this and this. Um, Invincible. And then a lot of the more instrumental driven tracks and original tracks. I was less involved in Kid on Christmas um, and Star on Top and Invincible. So those I just kind of recorded vocals and did what I had to do, but they were finalized by the producers of those tracks. Um, but yeah, it's every, every track required a different, a yeah. different, different approach, different setting, uh, different amount of involvement. I was kind of, you know, making sure everything was happening. Yeah, for sure, man. It's very impressive for sure. I, I was speaking to to Ben Ben H Ben has has dope, I believe yeah. it's pronounced. So we were speaking about the recordings of the Evergreens and his involvement of, of that. Hopefully, there's some some sort of behind the scenes coming out. I would love to see some behind the scenes coming out of the recording of this. But I'm curious, even just talking about Evergreen, 
how you in your creative process how the how having cameras in the room did you find that that affected the creative process for you personally or anybody else in the room or do you think it enhanced it or or you know made people a little uncomfortable i'm just super curious about that yeah you know at this point pentatonics they're used to having cameras in their face sure. at all times <laughs> um and i think they've gotten really good at just kind of letting it letting them just be you know yeah they're they're filmed all the time so they're yeah. they're used to it and they don't have any issue kind of just being fully th themselves and not worrying about it and kind of ignoring it yeah. uh, i'm pretty good at ignoring it but then sometimes i'll be like oh i'm being filmed i need to like sit up straight <laughs> not look like a, a schlump you know yeah sure uh, so but yeah i mean once you kind of get into the music everything else kind of yeah fades. yeah really absolutely um and then there's sometimes when it's like oh you know can you do a run through of this so i can get a, a good shot of this mm. uh, stuff like that so for sure it's always it's always great to have some of this process captured because it's so fleeting it's like all right we do it and then the album comes out but having kind of these moments captured is always really nice a hundred percent i couldn't agree more absolutely so i would love to get into some of the the, the follower questions that they they sent in for us and i'd love to here are your quick takes on some of these questions. Any unique challenges with this album, for example, long distance or adding instruments? We've kind of addressed a couple of these things, but any that you hadn't mentioned so far that you found in this album? Yeah, you know, I think that the main challenge was just uh, timing and just having so many collaborators and so many different time zones and language barriers sometimes. Mm. Uh, just kind of very get, interesting. You know, we're on WhatsApp with this person and we're texting this person and we're on email with this person and all their managers and everything. So that was like the biggest hurdle was just like timing and just making sure that everything was coordinated um, because most of our other albums, it's like, oh, there's one or two collaborators and, <laughs> and management is just dealing with that and it's, it's easy, you know, but this time every song pretty much has someone. So it was just a lot of details and it took a lot of time to like get everything over the finish line. So what was, was the time frame for this from start to finish? What would you say that is the time frame? Oh, well, I mean, we started chatting about the album in uh, March, I believe, and then started recording in May. And then May through September, we were kind of on and off recording stuff. Uh, it was very spread out, all the different sessions. It's like, okay, this sure. is in LA this day, and then long, long recorded like September 9th. So that's, someone asked, like, why are there only 10 songs on the the, the physical album and 12 on the digital and that's why it's because he wasn't back in LA and, and he couldn't record until a certain day and the deadline for the pressing for the physical album was already over so very interesting that's why we're like all right we're just gonna get the we want the physical album out it's gonna be missing these two tracks but uh they'll be out on the digital version very interesting so i'm curious another question that i received uh, when i mentioned that we were going to be chatting today is uh the decisions like you you started to briefly talk about it the decisions of like vinyls and and cds versus digital and like a lot of the world is going towards digital but there are so many the the the, the fan base of pentatonics is you know very broad in age um so how do you guys decide you know do you have any involvement in decisions of 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 the release distribution of the tracks yeah, you know, I'm not involved in those conversations, but I, I do know that's a mostly management and sure. label. Um, mm. But yeah, I, I do know that because of Pentatonix's de de demographics and how wide the age range is, um, people still do buy Pentatonix albums. And also because it's a, a Christmas thing, 
it's a great thing to like give mm. as a gift. A lot of people have CD players in their cars still. So, you know, it's something that people can pick up at Walmart, Target. Uh, so I think that's where a lot of those album sales come from. And then also Japan still has a really big physical album market. Very uh, interesting. Yeah. That's very interesting, actually. Continuing along to another question, we have, this is completely subjective, but what is your favorite track from the album? I think my favorite, the, the, the track that maybe surprised me the most or, or that came together at a, just amazingly, uh, I mean, I, I think they all did, but the, I think my favorite is probably Love Came On on Christmas, Joy to the World, and Come On My Papa, just because of how just cool it ended up. Like mm. it's, So basically how that started is I found Grace Loqua's TikTok of Kumama Papa on this Instagram called Dust to Digital that compiles all these unique performances um, from all over the world. So I found that I was like, this is awesome, you know, looking for collaborators to work with. Um, and we're like, okay, maybe we use this as a sample. Maybe we, well, you know, how are we going to involve this and what are we going to turn this into? Um, and then it's like, okay, what if we like mash up with Joy to the World? Maybe we can do that. And then um, it like wasn't quite fitting. So I'm like, you guys should just write and write kind of write an original song that is based on Joy to the World, but really can fit with Kumama Papa so that we don't lose the essence of that song. And so that's what ended up happening is Kevin, um, Kevin, Matt, and Scott took those ideas and wrote love came on on christmas so they kind of fleshed it out and brought in all these different uh influences and created this incredible song and then we kind of put that together in a, a demo sent it to grace uh, him and his choir kind of re-recorded it because they already had a, another version that we were kind of using as the like sample but they recorded it like super nicely um, and he did a bunch of new ad-libs that just work so well. And so, yeah, I just love how that song turned out. So did you know, uh, was that your discovery of, of the artist that's featured on that song? Or did you know of them beforehand? Yeah, no, I didn't know of Grace before that. Um, and that's... that is the remarkable part about social media. And as artists, yeah. the reason the artist should be putting things out, because who knows, you know, who's going to see what you see, you post and... That's remarkable, actually, is the, the cool collaborations that come from social media. Yeah, you know, that's something one of my big goals for this album was to highlight artists that were not already well known across the world. You know, Grace is super well known where he's from, but mm -hmm. you know, not worldwide. So I really wanted to highlight not just this really famous artist, but like the ones who people might listen to and be like, oh, I want to listen. You know, he has like an album out on, on Spotify. That's awesome. So um it was really cool to kind of work with artists like that that could that we could highlight in that way and then kind of segueing into that i'd love to hear if you could another question was the, kind of broad how did you choose the, the fabulous create collaborations who they were but like you kind of started seg segueing into that if you could name like maybe one or two more how do they come up because there's so many different artists in the world like you mentioned so many like phenomenal artists and so many different genres of world music so how were those how did pentatonics or, or and your involvement decide okay we're going to go to this genre this genre this genre uh, when there's so many to choose from yeah you know we started off um i have a this master google doc from early in the conversation with all the different continents and regions of all of the globe and just trying to really feature 
a wide swath of artists from everywhere and not like leave out any regions. And I think all, all, all things considered, we did a pretty good job of like a pretty diverse representation. Absolutely. Uh, of languages, of regions, of cultures. Um, so that was really one of the main goals. Obviously, there's always with a 12 song album, uh, you can only go so far with that. And of course, there's people that want more, <laughs> you know, from various places. Um, but yeah, that was a, a big thing. What was, what was the original question? <laughs> oh, how did just, you choose the collaborations? How do we choose the collaborations? Um, so yeah, so we had this master list and just kind of, okay, who's our first choice? Who's our second choice? And kind of going through and, and finding people and asking people and um, just seeing who was down. Yeah. And um, La, La, La Santa Cecilia, Grammy-winning uh, group, um, I found out about them through a former student of mine, Lucy <laughs> Arnaca, um, who's also from Mexico. And, um, you know, I was kind of asking her about the like awesome uh, Mexican artists and uh, Spanish speaking artists. Um, and she recommended them and they're based in LA now and um, awesome. Just Yeah, man, it's it's all about connections and relationships, man. It's wild. That is so cool. Yeah. Um, and then Shreya was recommended by my roommate, Shams Ahmed, who works with me on Acapop Kids on Citizen Queen. And he's also uh, works at Acapella Academy, which is where Lucy, my student who recommended Santa Cecilia, that's how I know her. Um, so just kind of using the musical network, asking for recommendations, doing our own, own research, um, looking at charts too, and like seeing who's popular in certain areas. Mm. Um, yeah, it was just a lot of different ways that we found who we ended up with and we're so yeah, happy. absolutely. It came up phenomenal. That's also a perfect segment or segue into, I wanted to ask about how Acapop Kids and, uh, Acapop for sure. Yeah. Acapop Kids, we were just on America's Got Talent. Um, it's amazing. And they did so well, super proud of them. And right now we're kind of figuring out what our next move is going to be, uh, looking into the touring space, looking into um, gigging and kind of figuring out what the next uh, chapter of Acapop Kids will be. So currently figuring, figuring that out right now. And then Acapella Academy, we are in full audition mode. Uh, so if you are listening and between the ages of 12 and 18, please audition for us. We are an amazing 10-day summer vocal acapella program uh, based in Southern California. And you can find more info at acapellacademy.org or just Google Acapella Academy. And yeah, we're auditioning right now. We're having in-person auditions this year for the first time ever, which wow, is cool. really exciting in like six different cities. Um, wow, very cool. Another, another way to get people out. We're still doing our online auditions also, but you know, for someone who doesn't want to spend all the time putting together a, a video, if you just want to come and sing and be done with it, it's a great way to do that. That so, is very cool. Yeah. That's um, so, man, that's really, the, congratulations. Thank you. And yeah, this, you know, this was our, this past summer was our first summer back post lockdown and everything. We had two years digital um, and now we are fully back in person in the swing of it. And uh, we're super excited for the summer. No, that's really exciting for sure. Very cool. Well, I want to be respectful of your time, so I want to wrap it up, but I have a couple of just follow-up questions about some of the things we've talked about. I sure. would want to know with the things Pentatonix and, and uh, the new album, I would love to know what you are personally looking forward to people seeing with the things that are coming out that you've been involved in. 
like other projects or just about well these? actually both so whether it be other projects or whether it be within this the, this project that you're excited about like I, i'm really looking forward to people seeing the quality or you know the the, the difference in sound or you know stuff like that yeah. I mean, I just, I, I want to use this album as a way to kind of expose people to new genres and to new Very cool. uh, styles. And, you know, Hibba singing uh, Hark the Herald in Arabic was like yeah. a highlight. Um, Shreya's um, Hindi at the end of Invincible uh, and just kind of featuring that because there's so much amazing music all over the world. And I think we, we get a little narrow-minded in our sure. consumption of you know, Western music and pop music. And there's so much incredible stuff out there. So that's something I'm really excited to expose people to. When I was listening to the album, it like was really remarkable to hear these songs that I've heard so many times, most of the songs, obviously not the, the classics, right? So many times, but then to hear somebody singing in a completely different language, the perspective of, oh my gosh, on Christmas when like, you know, we're singing this song here in America, 6,000 miles away, somebody else is singing this in a completely different language at the yeah. same exact time. And it's just a really remarkable, like, just the world is very small and very large at the same time. Exactly. Yeah. That's what, so it's something really cool about this album. Is there anything specific that you would want people to know about this album or about the process about this album that you thought was really fun or different or unique or just in general? Yeah. You know, people were asking about the Silent Night arrangement with the with the king singers and how i approached that because that was i think that was the song that i had the most direct involvement in just so much fun to to put together and figuring out how to kind of treat the king singers and pentatonics and how we can highlight what makes them each so great but something still cohesive um it took a little bit to kind of figure out what the balance of that was going to be and how i was going to you know treating the king singers as if they're kind of one instrument and mm-hmm. like it's a lot of homophonic stuff. They're all singing together um, and highlighting the high counter tenor and, you know, just basically like putting all of the best parts of those of both groups into this song. Um, and then Pentatonic's doing a lot more kind of ad lib type stuff, more not singing together, but singing, um, you know, like waterfalls, like one person enters, another person enters. Yeah. Um, while the king singers are just like holding it down uh so that was something that was really cool just figuring out how to make use of all those 11 voices it's a lot of voices man for sure yeah uh, i'm super curious and as from a this is a selfish question now i'm super curious and, and, and you can go in, in depth as much as or little as you want this had, there was definitely a lot of layers in this track in this album you could definitely hear the hugeness of the vocals for sure okay can we talk about that for a little bit i'm super curious just from a production standpoint because the vocals sounded so phenomenal, and I just love, love to hear some of the process. Yeah, I mean, it's different for every song. Sure, uh, sure. A lot of it was really similar to how we normally produce vocals, where we just kind of stack, you know, we like triple parts. Um, so and... each, when you say that, though, each singer essentially would have a triple part. Yeah, but it's the same note. It's the same part they're singing. They just yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 For, for thickness, for panning. Um, so a lot of the bigness of the sound, I think, just comes from the added instruments. Um, Very interesting. Because vocally, and just having one or two more elements in in a in an arrangement changes the whole thing. Because when you have five voices, and then you add two more voices, like on Last Christmas, and it ha- just it makes the bed so much more full. Um, so every song pretty much had an additional element, whether it's you know, Kid on Christmas had a full instrumentation making yeah. trainer uh 
Jingle Bells had piano. Uh, Most Wonderful Time of the Year had these drums that really set the foundation. But besides the drums, it's just a five-part arrangement. Um, Love came out came on Christmas. Definitely had more layers to it. Um, maybe everyone kind of sang two parts. Uh, and then Star on Top had instruments. Uh, but besides that, was pretty much a regular pentatonics five-part arrangement. Um, Prayers for this world, strings, all that kind of stuff. Hark had the full instrumentation. Christmas in our hearts, just regular five-part arrangement plus Leia. Um, and then Felice had guitars um, and Invincible. Yeah, I mean, so it's pretty much the same as we normally do for the most part, but then with these added singers and instruments. That is really interesting. Like what you said, though, that even with the addition of one or two, three different things, it creates a whole different depth to the songs. Yeah, it just allows you, you know, when we're mixing, Ed Boyer mixed uh, most of the album um, and he you know basically getting to when you have all these different elements you can put stuff farther back stuff more forward whereas when you just have five vocals it's more of a challenge where to put everything and how to make it sound really sure absolutely Uh, so even one additional element is just such a help with that ben i want to thank you so much for taking the time it was an absolute pleasure i want everybody that's watching this to go check out the special that's coming out on disney what is it december 2nd i believe oh i think so I believe it's December 2nd. Uh, it's a date that I have, and I just wanted to confirm. Pretty sure. <laughs> well, no, December sounds 2nd. Right. Sounds right to me. <laughs> this is perfect. December 2nd, Disney Plus. Go check it out. Go check out the new album. And thank you so much for watching. Have a wonderful day. God bless and peace out.